In today's show, it's time to look back at all of the action from Thursday's games in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lewin. I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you for also making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we have shows to cover every team. So go and check out those other shows after you listen to this show, of course. Only three games on Thursday. We are going to get into those in a sec, but let's just recap um, some of the news across the NBA. And let's start by looking in Philadelphia with, I don't know, whatever's going on with Ben Simmons. At first, it was like he's out indefinitely with... Uh, this fake sore back, fake sore back, mental health readiness, and then he's out. Now he's perhaps joining the team for shoot-around, and then he is maybe going to be with them, and now he's doubtful. Who knows what is going on? And then Daryl Morey going on radio and saying this could take four years to sort out. It is just a complete mess. Um, it makes Tyrese Maxey, of course, a must-roster guy. Who knows if Simmons is going to play ever for Philadelphia, if he's going to get traded this season. There are so many things that we just do not know at this point, and it feels like every day I'm going to be reporting on this because it's going back and forward continually. Simmons is back with the team. He's sent home from the team. He's going to come to the team. He's got an injury. He's mentally not right now. Here he's coming. It's all over the shop. It's very hard to keep up. And we just feels like we're not going to get anything definitive really happening at any point soon. So that is obviously frustrating. Kendrick Nunn, his injury is a little bit more serious than we first thought. Um, he's going to be out two to three weeks with this knee problem. So um, that obviously reduces his value, but it bumps the importance of someone like a Malik Monk and Kent Bazemore. So the Lakers are going to be without uh, Ariza, Horton, Tucker, and none. Three rotation players for at least a few weeks here, be a minimum three weeks, I would say, to have all three of those guys out, which is not ideal for them when they were built. Um, they're built on those three stars, obviously, but losing rotation pieces, which can be key, uh, is, is not ideal for them. And then we've got some injury updates for tomorrow. Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, and Darius Garland are all listed as questionable. These are obviously Embiid and Beal, first-round players. Garland, probably a top 70 guy in drafts. It's not going to be ideal if they miss. Now, if Garland is out, we're looking at Rick Rubio as a great stream. If Embiid is out, then Andre Drummond has that great value. If Beal is out, I don't know what they do. They play. Hal Neto probably plays more minutes. He doesn't have a huge amount of value. Corey Kispert might get in the rotation. Maybe they start Aaron Holiday, but it really helps someone like Dinwiddie, and it helps Kuzma, and it helps Harrell get a real bump to their usage. If that is in fact um, that is in fact what goes on, let's have a look now at over the last twenty four hours the top fantasy ads and drops in um, in leagues. That's yeah, sim- simple as that. Um, Chris Duarte, up 61%. Obviously, people reacting, overreacting, perhaps you could say, to his first game. He won't be that good, but there is a huge opportunity, and he should be rostered in 12-team leagues, at least until we see what happens when Levert comes back. Bielitsa, up 47.6%. Some of that is because of the low volume and the Warriors playing today. 
I'm not convinced that he maintains long-term 12-team league value, but it was obviously impressive. Paddy Mills up 20%. That feels too, too much for me. It's a crowded day tomorrow. I'm not convinced he does what he did in that first game uh, ongoing. In fact, I know that he won't. Pat Connaughton up 19%. That was obviously for the stream value today, but he was never going to be as good as what he was uh, on opening night. You can still hold on to Connaughton because they do play again on Saturday and you probably get another game out of him, but I wouldn't be expecting too much. Tyrese Maxey up 16.6%. I would hope that goes up higher. Grayson Allen up almost 16%. Um, yeah, fine. Again, especially for this week and with DiVincenzo. I'd much prefer Allen to Connaughton, personally. Uh, Desmond Bain, I'm not going to risk the voice. Desmond Bain, 14% up. Um, yeah, he should be rostered in every league, so I don't know why he was even available. And same with Fart and Will Barton, who's up 13%. Both of those guys need to be rostered in... Um, Needs to be rostered in all leagues. Let's look at the uh, the top drops over that same time frame. We're looking at uh, Thad Young down 16%. No problem with dropping Thad Young. I don't know what the Spurs are going to do with him, but it doesn't feel like he's going to get anywhere near enough minutes, even if he does play to be useful. Otto Porter down 14%. Rightful reaction after the first game. Let's see. I'm recording this before the end of that Warriors game, which I will cover the Warriors game later on. I'm just recording this first segment before the end of the Warriors game. Um, I don't think he needs to be rostered in 12-teamers. Jay Sean Tate, he did have some foul trouble, but I don't think Tate's upside is all that high. Do you have to, Look, if I had a choice between Tate and Duarte, I'd take Duarte, get that immediate production, and then if he does drop off later on, I move on and get someone else. Tate, to me, isn't that valuable of a player. Aldridge down 12%. Jack Armstrong, he knows how to say it. Get that garbage out of here! Larry Nance was poor. He was in some foul trouble in that game for the Blazers. Um, I don't think he's a must-drop by any means, but... The preseason was poor. The first game was poor. He got a lot of minutes in Cleveland last year. I'm just not... I don't think he's going to be a must-roster guy. I might hold for another one or two. Uh, Precious Archer were down 10%. Yep, get rid of him in 12-team leagues. And Danny Green down 10%. I don't know why he was rostered in as many leagues as he was. He has no business being on a 12-team league roster, in my opinion. Again, you might look at him and be the 140th-ranked player, but there's just no upside in someone like Danny Green. So you can do a lot better, uh, lot better than that. So let's move in now. Actually, you know what? Maybe we won't move straight in. That's uh, yeah. Let's let's not move straight in to doing that. Let's move in to tell you that today's show is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's obviously has been a part of everyone's life for a very, very long time. It's not just for the tasty and affordable food that they have. It's for the sense of community. Everyone knows where their local Maccas is. Everyone remembers going to McDonald's as a kid after sporting events for friends' birthday parties. And now, as you get older, maybe it's your kids that you're taking to McDonald's after their sporting achievements or celebrating something they did at school or catching up for friends' birthdays. McDonald's is always there. Whatever it is, you know that you've got a memory in your mind somewhere associated with McDonald's. So why don't you head to your local McDonald's to refuel and also to reconnect. Think about those memories and think about the great times you've spent at McDonald's. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. I don't know if I'm going to keep singing that every time, but you never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I will. All right, let's go into game one. Now, hopefully, hopefully I've gotten rid of the uh, the sounds on the transition. Let's see. I think we might be okay. I hope we're okay. I think we might be okay. The first game, well, the first, oh, all of these, the first two games were just annihilations, really. The Hawks beat the Mavericks 113-87. It's always a shame to see a Jason Kidd-led team get beaten, isn't it? Ah, oh, the poor guy. Um, Doncic played 35 minutes. He hit all four of his free throws. 
That's good. Let's hope it continues. But otherwise, he was inefficient. 18 points on 17 shots. 11 assists. Sorry, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 threes. Everything else is basically the same for Doncic. Usage wasn't that high, 28%. I was surprised to see Jalen Brunson play 26 minutes. He played more than Reggie Bullock. I didn't expect to see as much Brunson, Brunson Doncic crossover. He had 17 points on really good shooting Brunson, 60% from three. He had three threes and three assists. If he's going to play this sort of role, he does have 12-team stream value, but I wouldn't look at him as a must-roster 12-team league guy. It was a pretty disappointing night from Porzingis. Porzingis. Who looked good in the preseason, but 11 points on 31% shooting is terrible. He only had five boards. He did block two shots, but of course, if he hits instead of, what, four of 13, if he goes seven of 13 or six of 13, yeah, maybe we're looking at yeah, 16 and 5 with two blocks and two threes. It's not too bad. It's still not where we want it to be. Don't panic yet. Hardaway, 28 minutes, 14 points. He do did what he does. 14 points, two threes, nothing else. That is all you expect from Tim Hardaway, and that's all you got. Dwight Powell started. He played 20 minutes. He had four points. Cool. And as expected, Moses Brown, he wasn't even a part of the rotation when they emptied the bench in garbage time. So for those of you who have Moses Brown in 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues, you know what to do. Get rid of him. Dorian Finney-Smith had five points, while Kleber had three and three and 17, and I said Dwight Powell already had his minutes. Interesting that Sterling Brown only played 11 minutes, and Bullock only played 15 minutes. I thought Bullock would get like 25-26, but Kidd preferred Brunson over Bullock, but obviously things did not work well for Dallas, so there could be some changes in the offing. On the Atlanta side, Trey Young started slowly with his shooting, but ended with 19 points on 38%, but it's the 14 assists which are key there. And the Baptist, John Collins, did his thing. 16 and nine, one steal, two blocks, really good numbers. I was super impressed with Clint Capella. He only played 21 minutes. He was on a restriction. I don't know if that was the actual restriction because he just didn't play the fourth quarter because they didn't need him to. I reckon his restriction was more 26-27. Hopefully that pushes up soon. He had 12 and 13 with two blocks on a perfect six of six from the field. He was really impressive. But I guess the main story here is Cam Reddish. Like how good did he look? He started out the game and he was just taking horrendous shots. Step back twos, hogging the ball. And I went, oh my God, this guy, can he stop shooting? He had like four shots in two minutes. And then they started to go in. And he ended with 20 points in 21 minutes on a 39% usage. Um, he hit, what, 60%, 75% of his threes? He didn't offer anything else. Three rebounds, one assist, one steal. So I look at this and go, that's excellent. People love Cam Reddish. He had 25 fantasy points here. That's really good. This, to me, does not make him a 12-team league ad. He's not going to have a 40% usage. He's not going to have a 75% three-point uh, percentage. Those things are not going to stick. This is a guy who shot like 30% over his career, I think, from three. He's not going to continue this. Yeah, he, he's not this efficient. He's not going to get that many shots up. Watch him. Stream him. 16 and 14 team leagues, sure. DeAndre Hunter thought defended really well. He had two blocks, including a really good one on Porzingis, but only 11 points. He was pretty much ignored on offense. Like he was, I had I had him as like the over on my Yahoo best bets to get over 13 and a half points. He entered the fourth quarter with 11 points. I don't think he took a single shot in the fourth quarter. That was annoying. They just kept ignoring him. Um, 11 points for him. I'm still holding him in 12 team leagues, but if he's going to be marginalized while Bogdanovich and Reddish and everyone else is taking shots, then yeah, maybe not. That's obviously not the same start that he had to the season last year. Fan of Pants, Kevin Herter played 22 minutes. There's just not enough shots or playing time for Herter to be a 12-team league guy. He's rostered in far too many leagues. You can do better. He is a clear 12-team league drop, in my opinion, while Bogdanovich had 11 points in 26 minutes with three threes. There's a lot of mouths to feed on this team, and that can be a worry for Bogdanovich and for Hunter. You know, Reddish is not going to get this many shots every night or, or dominate the ball as much as he did in this game every night, but he's got like a 22, 23-minute-a-night role pretty much locked in. 
and let's see how that all distributes with everybody else. They emptied the bench here. Interestingly, Lou Williams didn't play. He's not a part of their 10-man rotation. It was D-Line Wright, the backup point guard. Now, Wright was probably the only player who struggled for the the, uh, the Hawks. Zero points on 0 of 4 shooting. And, of course, he's only like a 16 to 18-team league guy, probably more 18-team than 16-team. There just isn't that sort of role for him um, that you would uh, that you would need to consider him a, uh, a rosterable player. Let's look at the next game. It was another absolute ass-kicking. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. The Heat win at 137.95. It was like 22 to 3 at one point. The Bucks were without Bobby Portis, Dante DiVincenzo, and Rodney Hood, which we knew. Then Drew Holiday went from probable to out, and then Brooke Lopez was also scratched. So they were terrible. They started George Hill, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, um, Yanni, and Pat Connaughton. Yanni, we saw the free throws be good in game one. Six of 10 here is troubling. He also couldn't finish 36%, 15 and 10 with three steals. Disappointing. Bam, shut him down. He was not good in this one. Grayson Allen didn't get those assists that I thought might come without Drew Holiday there. 14 points in 29 minutes. While Sandro Mamoukalashvili played 27 minutes because of the absence of centers. Now, I, I don't think he really looked up to it at all. He had 12 points in 27 minutes. Overall, it's hard to judge anything from this game. It was just such a disaster. George Hill had eight points in 21 minutes. Middleton had 10, 2, and 4 with two steals. Hit 29%. Rough night there. Well, a bloke by the name of Justin Robinson. Yes, the guy that used to be the two-way for the Wizards a few years ago. He played 27 minutes and had five points on 14% shooting as the backup point guard. That is, you know, obviously not ideal. Um, He needs to be better than that. But he's just not going to be a guy that plays every night. Jordan Wara, the 26 minutes is encouraging. The 12 shots are encouraging. 11 points on those 12 shots is not good. But the fact that he's still getting those opportunities, if you did add him, you hold him for Saturday. Um, He's not going to be a long-term 12-team league guy, I wouldn't have thought. But he is a guy that can have short-term value as a point streamer, especially while these other players are out. While Thanasis had 6-4 and and Connaughton 6-4-4. Now, I talked about Connaughton earlier. He's not a 12-team league guy. You can have him for Saturday's action. I'd rather Nora and Allen over him. But this is, this is who he is. Like 6-4-4 four and four in 27 minutes. It wasn't a poor shooting night. He just didn't touch it. He is not as good as the amount of people who added him after that first game would lead you to believe. For the Miami Heat. Yes. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Tyler Hero kept going with his insane preseason form. He played 24 minutes. He had 27 points with five assists and four threes. Now... Talked about him a lot in the offseason, saying the hate on him had gone too far. His ADP was like 170. It was ridiculous. He was the guy for me to draft in the 110, 120 range. He's obviously playing way better than that. But look at a couple of things. 36% usage, it's not going to continue at that level. True shooting, 68%, including 50% from three. It's not going to continue. He's going to be valuable, and he is a must-roster player across all formats, pretty clearly. But there's going to be some drop-off here. Kyle Lowry hurt his ankle, but returned to the game. He finished with five points on 13%. But what I'm looking at there is the fact that he had six assists. And then I'm also looking at the fact that Bam Adebayo had one assist. This is the trend we saw in preseason carrying over. Now, to to counter that, Bam had 20 points in 23 minutes. He also had 13 boards, and he looked really good. But that lack of assist is the concern. Also, 40% from the line is not ideal from Adebayo. Jimmy Butler, 21-4-6, really strong from him. Great stuff from the line. But how about the undertaker, Dwayne Dedman? 13 and 9 in 15 minutes. I mean, he's not going to be this good, but deeper leagues, 20 teamers, he's got a role as the backup center there. PJ Tucker was also scoring, but again, it's so hard to judge anything from this game because 
of how much of a blowout it was. Tucker had eight and six in two threes in 22 minutes, while Dunk Robinson, eight points, two threes. Duncan Robinson is, is if you have Duncan Robinson in a 12-team points league, drop him. He should never have been drafted. You don't need to hold on to him. In a category league, he is absolutely just a specialist. He is not a 100% guaranteed must-roster guy. If he's on my waiver wire and I don't need threes, I don't run to get him. That's what I mean by must-roster. I don't go, oh my God, which dickhead dropped Duncan Robinson? I look at it and go, well, okay, it doesn't make sense for my team. Well, I'm not going to bother with it. That's the value that he has. Uh, the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, came out, looked all right, played 18 minutes, but that's really just deeper league stuff. But again, this game was just such an asking. We got eight minutes of KZ Okpala and Omer Yurt 7 and Caleb Martin and five minutes of a guy called Marcus Garrett, defensive point guard type. Um, really, just an absolute blowout of the highest possible um, margin you could do. It was just, it was over within five minutes. The Heat actually was minus three and a half favorites. So I was pretty happy to get that one as well. Um, guys, Bilpa is the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite flavor? Is it cookies and cream, coconut? Maybe it's one of the, the special ones, cookie dough chunk, grasshopper cookie, whatever it is. You can get your favorite flavors from Bilpa. These are the candy bars. Sorry, they're the protein bars that taste like candy bars. They're so much like a candy bar, I got it confused. But they're not just delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. And you can get these delicious and healthy bars for 15% off by using our promo code, which is LOCKED15. So go to built.com, use that code LOCKED15, and get yourself boxes of delicious Built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, let's go on to the last game of the night. The Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. Um, what a game this was. Unfortunately, I had the Warriors minus three, and they ended up winning by two, so that's annoying, but that's fine. Uh, the Warriors win 115-113. Paul George was great. He's going to have a big season. 37 minutes. Didn't expect him to go that much. 29-11-6 with five triples. But I guess the big story is Eric Bledsoe. He was a guy that was obviously dreadful last season. But he was a guy that I was a little bit interested in in terms of grabbing with a last pick. I wasn't sure that he was completely washed. I didn't think that he'd come out and do what he did here, of course. But I think you got to grab him. 22 points in 30 minutes. He had foul trouble, so that limited his playing time. He had three steals. He had a block. The steals have dropped off the last two years. I wonder if they can go back to two steals a game or close to it like he was in Milwaukee. And the shooting was back. He's always been like a 54, 53% two-point guy, and he was down at 49 last year. He was great here. I've got no problem with adding him. Terrence Mann played a ton. 39 minutes. He was another popular late-round pick. He's not that productive. 11 and 7 is all right. Two threes is all right. Like, it's okay. It's fine to have him in a 12-team league, but I wouldn't be here like labeling him absolute must roster. I'd probably prefer him over Marcus Morris. Now, Morris was on a minutes limit. He had 10 points in 25 minutes. I just think Morris is not a particularly awesome fantasy guy. He needs a lot of touches and a lot of minutes, and I'm just not sure he's going to get that. A lot of minutes for Reggie Jackson here, 39 of them. He had 11 points with six assists and three threes. The shooting at 21% is obviously going to get better, but he played a lot, and he had a lot of usage. That means you want to hold him in 12-team leagues. Um, and then Zubats, only 17 minutes. He was getting cooked by Curry. He had 14 points, which is obviously pretty good. But you know, the 28, 27 minutes we hoped or thought maybe was a possibility without a Barker, they just go small. They didn't even play Isaiah Hartenstein in this game. It was just Zubats, and then it was like Winslow and Morris playing at center. So yeah, Zubats can be okay as a 12-team league guy. In a 10-team league, I'd feel pretty comfortable dropping him. But I just think, again, he's just going to be really limited upside-wise, especially when Serge Barker returns. For the Warriors, Curry, 
was able to shoot well after the opening night disaster in terms of his shooting. 45 points, 8 triples, 10 rebounds on 64% shooting. And Wiggins had a really strong night as well. 17 and 6 with 3 threes, a steal and a block. And he looked way more engaged than he did in game 1. Jordan Poole struggled a lot here. 9 points on 29% shooting. Of course, that shooting will improve. The 4 assists are good. The thing I worry about here with Poole is the fact that he didn't close the game. They closed it with Damian Lee, and he played only 25 minutes. I don't know how that bodes for him when Clay returns. If he's only playing 25 minutes a night in these first two games without Clay, and they're preferring Damian Lee to him, who played 29 minutes here, it's a little bit of a concern. I'm not dropping Jordan Poole at all, but it is a little concerning. Nemanja Bielica, this is what we talked about. That first game was probably the anomaly. Six points, six rebounds in 16 minutes. He was never going to be, at least he still shot well, he's never going to be that same guy that we saw against the Lakers. I, I said at the top of the show, I don't think that he's necessarily a must-roster 12-team league guy. After this game, I'm obviously standing by that. If you want him, sure. I don't think he deserved to be rostered in that many leagues. Move on if you need to. And it was a stinker from Green, especially Draymond Green, especially at the free throw line where he was two of nine. Now, he did suffer a wrist injury, which probably did impact that shooting. He still had 10, six, and seven with a steal. So no blocks, no steals. We're still holding. Draymond often starts slow. Just worry about that wrist. Uh, Otto Porter, you can get rid of him. Um, 4.7 rebounds in those 18 minutes, while Damian Lee played 29 minutes for 11 points. And Iguodala is playing 24 minutes. Now, if you had to watch Andre Iguodala play last year, you said there's no way. Like, why is any team playing this guy? I didn't even think he'd necessarily be a rotation player. But here he is playing big minutes, playing fourth quarter minutes, ahead of one Toscano Anderson. Now, guys like Moody and Kaminga, they're going to need multiple injuries to even get in the rotation on this Warriors team, it, it feels like. Um, there were people drafting Kaminga in 12-team leagues, which was obviously insane at the time. And I don't know what they're going to do when Wiseman comes back, like how they're going to integrate him. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be... He's still getting held in a ton of leagues, in a ton of 12-team leagues, and I, I don't really think that that is the best way to go about it. Let's have a look at the top performers now across the day. Nine category leagues. Number one was Steph. Number two was Paul George. Then Trey Young, John Collins, Luka Doncic, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Eric Bledsoe, Andrew Wiggins, and Clint Capella. And if we go across to guys who might be available in leagues, these guys are all rostered in under 50% of uh, advanced formats. Bledsoe at number one. Again, I think he's an ad. Gorgie Jeng was great, but that's more of a deeper league scenario. Cam Reddish, super hot, unbelievable shooting. Probably more 14 than 12 teams for me. Dwayne Dedman, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's going to be a fringe 12-team league guy like Reddish, an interesting stream option. Igadala, PJ Tucker, Kavon Looney, Sandro Mamakalishvili, and George Hill, who are not really options in any fantasy league at all. If we look at the top 10 points league players, it's Curry, George, Bledsoe, Trey Young, John Collins, Luka Doncic, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Yanni Antetokounmpo, and Jim Butler. And they are your... Um, they are your top players in points leagues. Now, guys, remember, I'm sure people are going to ask, it is the weekend for me tomorrow, so there will be no recap show. I don't do them for the games on Friday or Saturday. I still write up the recaps on Basketball Monster. So if you remember, you can see me recap all of those games and all of those players and adjust all the projections. And I will still do the mini What to Watch For shows across the weekend as well. And there will be a week two preview. I just don't like to push myself into doing these shows seven days a week. I've got stuff that I need to do with my life as well. And being around to uh, yeah record the shows, it's just not something that I, I need the time off. Simple as that. So there is no recap games on the on the weekends because, again, on my weekends, I need that more of that time for my family. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Thumb it down if you want. I don't give a shit. Do whatever you need to do. Thumb up, leave a comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.
See ya.